before it's very easy to for you to buy an ad and get data but now you have to work a lot harder to get the same piece of data their phone numbers their profile attributes their birth dates their e uh, their phone number and email you know all that stuff if you want to really make it you have to care about every single touch point of your customer from the ad to their on-site experience to the checkout experience to the post-purchase experience to even their product experience because my belief is that every single brand is built by components. There's pillars that create a single brand, and sometimes they are stacked on top of each other, meaning that if one of them is not there, everything falls down. So on today's episode, we're going to learn about the building blocks for building a sustainable e-commerce business long-term. Great episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell, and this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. I'm going to, I cannot express my excitement enough for the episode you're about to listen to because um, this guy, this chap I interviewed, Jason Wong, is one of the most genuine e-commerce operators, practitioners, and evangelist, D2C evangelist around out there you, you can get. Um, he's been on the podcast um, a while ago, um, about a year and a half ago in, in season five. And he, he really talked about like the blueprint to e-commerce. And we, we was all over the place, you know, the interview. I asked so many questions. And what he's managed to do is essentially systematize, codify, um, just the blueprint towards e-commerce growth in in an online course, which is called um, Building Blocks. He's invested four hundred thousand dollars in in this course. He's not in it to make money. Uh, he 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 raised funds from um, from brands from D two C e-commerce SaaS businesses. Um, the the list is 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 long. Um, he he raised funds from Shopify, Shipo, Shipbob, Octane AI, um, Paid, Postscript, Deal, um, Clavio, 
Junip, Gorgeous, Alloy, Cat Loop, Clerco. He raised 400k basically for this course. And what he did with, with, with 400k is he produced the best, the best e-commerce course out there. And I, and I would say it, I would say it is the best e-commerce course out there. Um, I have yet to graduate. I've gone through about 45% of the course and every single module has information that um, I, I, you know, I've had subconsciously, but it is just presented in such a smooth, fluid way. He had a, you know, he had his ideas um, well articulated by copywriters. He was able to deliver it very smoothly. The graphics, everything is top notch. I, I can't, I can't like, but even if you're not interested in the course, you should be interested in this conversation I had with him because he talks about how e-commerce has changed in the last two years, you know, in the last six months with iOS, what he's doing to mitigate all of the data loss. We're in an existential crisis right now in e-commerce in the web and digital where there is a lack of data. We're not using data in a clandestine manner. We're not. We're positively using it to, you know, get people what they want because we know more about them. So how do we claw back that data? And that's what we talked about in on this in this show, in this conversation. And it was really interesting in terms of the ways he's using or methods he's using to enrich customer data and um, just what it takes to build a brand now, a D2C e-commerce brand now in 2021. I'm going to have him back next season and the season after and the season after because he knows his stuff. I was going to say the S word, but he knows this stuff. I give another S word. Anyway, so for those of you who are watching this on, on YouTube, you know, just like and, um, you know, essentially subscribe to this episode if, if you, you enjoy it. Um, and um, for, for every other platform, you know, if you're, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review and tell other people you think this show or, you know, episodes from this show may be useful to about this episode. Sharing and word of mouth is the way to win in e-commerce. It's the way to win in podcasting. It's a way to, to, to get, um, to support this show essentially. So I shall leave you. Um, just want to give you the heads up that we are running a Q4 conference. It's a virtual conference and it's called Commerce Excel Conference, the Q4 Growth Edition I'll send you more details every single week about it. Um, but, but that's it for now. Enjoy this episode. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K L A 
viyo.com forward slash 2x. ShipBob is the global fulfillment leader for e-commerce brands like you. They've actually just launched their first UK fulfillment center, which is quite close to me here in London. London. This gives ShipBob's clients access to e-commerce markets in the US, Canada, and now Europe. ShipBob offers direct integration to merchants running on Shopify, Wix, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, Amazon, eBay, and Walmart. This quote from their site, from Courtney Lee, the founder of Primo Coffee, really stood out for me. She said, I felt like I couldn't grow until I moved to ShipBob. And my CPA accountant even said to me, thank God you switched to ShipBob. I mean, who gets compliments from their accountant? Fulfillment is incredibly time intensive. So hand it over to the best of the best for fast and affordable shipping. To get $500 in free shipping credits today, head over to shipbob.com forward slash 2x. That is S-H-I-P-B-O-B dot com forward slash 2x. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm about to interview Jason Wong for the second time. Now, the first time I was like in awe, right? This is a 23-year-old who'd done so much. I, I mean, with what he was doing with Door Lashes, with Wong House, Drop House, all of the other experiments and iterations he's had, he, he had done. I think he did Mim Bible and the depth of just information. Even Rishi, our... Um, He's a, a copy editor um, for for the podcast. Was amazed, and we had we had conversations internally at the, at the back end while we we're putting together the, the the show notes. And and now he's even done a bit more, and a lot has happened in in that space of time. For those of you who don't know who Jason is, go back to season five, episode thirty four. So we're in season six now, but he was in season five, episode thirty four. Maybe we'll make this a seasonal thing. And um, just listen to that episode, The Blueprint to Building and Scaling a D2C Brand. I'm just going to give a top level intro to about Jason and then we'll, we'll take it from there. So Jason is the founder of Wong House Ventures and Doe Lashes. He's a 20, now 24 year old, 24 year old California based entrepreneur with over nine, well, 10 years of brand experience, brand development experience, supply chain management, global logistics and e-commerce. He is also a resident trainer in Shopify's um, online course. He has a course now and um, he's a consultant to celebrities, influencers and brands, you know, top brands such as Jack in the Box, Coca-Cola, Adidas and Fashion Nova, all at 24. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jason to the 2X e-commerce podcast. Welcome, Jason. That was an intro. Thank you. Thank you. Now, it's, it's amazing. First of all, um, happy birthday, happy belated birthday. I saw um, your birthday celebrations on Instagram and I was like, whoa, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know how to celebrate and you know, it's life, you know, enjoy life. Um, so happy belated birthday. Thank you. And, and I kind of, you know, so there's Nick Shammer on the, on the West Coast, 24 or so year old. And there's you, sorry, on the East Coast, sorry, New York. And then there's you, in, in the West Coast, and you guys are just holding it down from an e-com you know, standpoint for, for e-commerce. So what's been the 
what, what's what's happened? It's been um, over a year now since we we caught up. But what's what's been lately? And COVID obviously has happened. Um, what you've been up to? Really trying to build during this pandemic because I feel like you know like these events good or bad are once in a lifetime opportunities and despite all the challenges that we are going through uh my my main goal during this entire lockdown was like what can i do that 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 i can leverage the momentum of of this entire situation so my my observation was that people are shopping online a lot more but people's shopping behavior is also changing so i started doing a lot of prep work for uh for my brand during the pandemic that really allowed us to survive um, the, the mm. entire event, if you, if you will. Um, just trying to be a lot more proactive because whenever these things happen, these once in a lifetime events, mm. again, good or bad disasters are very, very prosperous. They usually accelerate things, you know, mm. it, it accelerate people's buying behavior, accelerate how platforms are updating changes to how people use it. Uh, it, it updates and it accelerates virtually a lot of lot of things. And so as a operator and as an entrepreneur, we we take calculated risks, right? So we take a lot of observation. We're like, what can we do right now to de-risk? How can we minimize our risk as much as we can? And so I just been doing a lot of prep work to do that for our own company. And I, I'm happy to elaborate on that later on. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so prior to, to our conversation, um, prior to going live, you, you mentioned that um, e-commerce has changed in the last two years. Um, two years feels like a decade in e-commerce. Do you mind elaborating what has changed from um, some of the tactics you, actually strategies and tactics you, you shared the last time you were on the show and now, obviously, there's the complication of COVID and buyers be- buying behavior, shopping, you know, trends and, and shoppers' behavior, really. Um, so, so what precisely um, has been the most systemic, seismic, rather, um, you know, um, change in, in e-commerce in, in, in the last um, one or two years now? Absolutely. And, and these changes I'm about to tell you has really accelerated over the past six months, really. But it started two years ago. Mm. There, there's a time when Facebook was great and data was in abundance. You can put up an ad and everything works. L- yeah. Literally, anyone will buy anything. And so everyone's super happy. They make a brand, they post an ad, they make money. And then over the past two years, people are realizing that the amount of data that they get is drastically decreasing over over time and with recent changes to even apple's update people are getting tracked less um even on the email marketing side there's less things for you to track now because apple is giving you a uh, auto generate email for for privacy reasons um people are less willing to give up their their data now because they're getting all these um commercials and advertisements saying how they need to protect their privacy. Mm-hmm. And so from the brand operator standpoint, we're getting less data to play with. Our our algorithm for our ads are getting less data points to target our customers. Um, and, and overall, it's just been a more challenging time in pay. So no longer can you just put up an ad and expect it to go to, to perform the same way as before. Um, people actually have to shift their entire direction to be nurturing what they have right now and trying mm-hmm. to get people to commit to a 
new level instead of just trying to get them to buy. And that new level is simply trying to give us their data now. Because mm -hmm. before, it's very easy to, for you to buy an ad and get data. But now you have to work a lot harder to get the same piece of data, their phone numbers, their profile attributes, their birth dates, their, e uh, their phone number and email, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. so, so that's really been like the big change is data. We got a lot less data points and now our new advertising direction is how can we do whatever it takes to get data from these customers again? And how can we make our customers that have purchased from us right now buy from mm -hmm. us again? Because it is getting more expensive to acquire new customers. So let's try to hammer down on our existing customers. Really, those are like the big, big changes. Mm. So, so it, it sounds like there is... Well, the, the golden days of e-commerce, um, performance marketing-driven e-commerce are behind us. And do you think that the, this has increased the barriers to entry in, in e-commerce? Or um, do you think it's leveled things out for new entrants? Because um, there's no data. Do, do, do you think it's going to to reconsolidate e-commerce so more serious operators actually you know um just stay in the game essentially absolutely it's i would say it i wouldn't say level up the playing field it in actual it actually increase the barrier like you said and the reason why is because a lot of what drives continue success for e-commerce brands right now is all the data points that we have already. Again, going back to the third point is that we're now going back to our existing customers and trying to get them to buy more. But if you're a new brand right now, you don't have existing customers. What can you do, right? So you have to go out and acquire these customers. But it's not like this is now an impossible task. It just means that it, it really helps with the whole saturation issue that everyone's seeing because you're getting these influx of people, tens of thousands of people who watch a Facebook YouTube video on how to do Facebook ads and then they start buying all the ad inventory. And there's a finite amount of ad inventory on Facebook. There's a finite amount on every single platform because there's a finite amount of people who are scrolling through the feed, watching the story. So realistically, there's only X amount of feed ad posts that there can ever be. And there's an X amount of story posts that there can ever be. When you get an influx of newcomers who thought, who thinks that they can create a Shopify store in 20 minutes, do no changes to it, don't care about branding, don't care about the community, don't care about email or whatever, toss an ad up and generate revenue. It takes that ad space away from people who are actually doing it the, the right way. And, and so in a way, this new wave kind of brings up that higher barrier to be like, you if you want to really make it, you have to care about every single touch point of your customer from the ad to their on-site experience, to the checkout experience, to the post-purchase experience, to even their product experience. Because Facebook now asks the consumers on a few key points after they make a purchase through Facebook. How is the shipping speed? How is the product? And how is the customer experience? And they rate you on a score out of five. If you get anything less than two uh, over time, very, very quick, I will say like in like a week or two, your ad account gets banned. So in a way, it brings up that, that barrier of entry. Yes, absolutely. But don't get intimidated by that. In fact, embrace it because it means that it will actually be a lot easier 
than before for if you do this the right way. Okay, so how do you do it the the right way? And and I'm talking on behalf of um, both established brands looking to further expand. They have data points, um, they have a customer base, but they still want to be active with acquisition and also kind of get their new customer acquisition um, at a reasonable price, obviously with CLV in mind, as well as the new entrants who have genuinely brilliant ideas for new products that will challenge the existing products in the market. You know, how do, do these baskets of, um, of, of, of operators or potential operators actually, you know, get their skin in the game, get the returns and, and not get burnt? Because, um, you know, um, that could, could lead to, um, you know, trauma, I guess, and, you know, just less activity in the e-commerce space. So I'll answer that by walking you through the, the steps to really acquire customers now. There has been a huge shift away from the dependency on entirely Facebook. People are now exploring alternative platforms again, like Snapchat, but they're also embracing new platforms like TikTok, which a year ago hasn't really been mature, but now is actually a really, really great platform for new brands to, to be discovered. And I say that because we were one of those brands who were actually saved by TikTok. Hmm. With our CPM rising across the board on pay, TikTok allowed us to reach a large number of customers with virtually no ad spend at all. Because TikTok's algorithm is very particular in a sense where you don't have to follow a person in order to see their content. Hmm. TikTok, uh, they promote great content that is in theme, they're on trend, and they think that a particular bucket of user will enjoy it. And if you create content that fits that criteria, you will have the potential to reach a bigger audience than what how many followers you have. Mm. We grew our TikTok from zero to 101,000 followers in a matter of six, seven months. Hmm. And that now accounts for maybe 27 to 30% of our revenue. Imagine that. We now make an extra 30% because of TikTok with no ad spend. And so we, we were effectively acquiring new customers from platforms that others weren't really exploring at the time. And we were able to get really, really cheap acquisition to offset the higher cost on Facebook. So overall, our MER is still at a very healthy level because of all these really good acquisition channels. Mm. Snapchat, on the other hand, was one of those channels that we, we thought died off because their user just went down with the new changes, updates that they did two years ago. But we recently discovered that they actually made a really good comeback. And we discovered that there's actually an older audience on Snapchat. When people talk about Snapchat, they think that it's just a bunch of teenagers sending pictures to each other. But in fact, it's actually, I would say, 20, I believe the statistic is like 20 to 25% of them are people older than 26 people. 20, 26 years old. And so that, that presents a really good opportunity for you to target for people for like, you know, home decor. I have a friend who sells um, truck t-shirts. They do, I think, eight figures selling just truck gears, like uh, in apparel to, to older guys who drive trucks, which is not the demographic that you're thinking that was going to be on Snapchat. So telling you all this is saying that you really need to think outside the traditional advertising channel. Everyone talks about Facebook. Everyone talks about, you know, paid ads. But you need to really start exploring these outside channels that doesn't seem conventional. 
And beyond that, after you acquire these people, and, and now we're going to include Facebook again, where do you send them to? Traditionally, you send them straight to the purchase purchase page on the on the product page for, for them to add to cart, which you, you still could do right now. But one of the things that we have done recently was allocating a portion of our advertising spend to send people to our landing page where they can take a consultation quiz. You see, when people are during the pandemic and, and saying how we're doing these things to adapt to the quarantine, people aren't able to shop in store anymore. So we started creating these shoppable quiz on our website because we have a variety of SKUs. And this will only work if you have you know, more than five or six SKUs, if you have one SKU, one item that doesn't work. But we create this quiz that you can take seven steps. You go through, you talk about you know, how often do you wear makeup? How often do you go out? What is your eye shape? What's, uh, you know, what kind of eyelid crease do you have? You know, we, so we ask them about their personal attributes. We ask them about their makeup habits and, and a couple other questions to help them craft um, a profile. So their profile gets saved into our, our stuff. And the cool thing is that when they answer these questions, the data actually syncs into our Clavia, which is where we send emails. Mm -hmm. It also sends into our Facebook. So effectively, we have this profile that we built of this person saying they have never worn lashes before or they actually go out very often. And we go through different email flows depending on the answer that they give us after they take the quiz 30, 60 days later. 30 days later, hey, we noticed that, you know, 30, like a month ago, you told us that you have never worn lashes. Let me give you like a really special deal for your first order because it might be intimidating for new lash wearers. If you go out very often, we recommend you a larger bundle for, mm. for, for purchases. So, you know, we do these things on the back end. But going through that quiz, before they get the answer, they have to leave us their email, which is one, how we get the email flows. Mm -hmm. But second, at the end of the quiz, we actually give them a list of recommendations on what they can buy today. Mm -hmm. And this really creates this feeling of when you walk into a store and you don't know what to get. And you mm -hmm. want to ask a sales associate. Uh, you know, here's what I'm looking for. What can I get? Mm -hmm. We emulate that experience with a shoppable quiz on our website that really make people want to shop at our store. And it's a very low commitment. We're mm -hmm. not asking you to buy right now. All we want to do is check out what kind of you know, lashes we think you'll look good with. And that small ask, that non-monetary, non-transactional ask got them into the door. And so we're able to acquire a customer for a lot cheaper cost compared to trying to convince them to click on an ad that says shop now. Mm. Very, very big difference. Huge, huge, huge. So using shoppable quizzes to pre-qualify, you know, um, leads to, well, closer to customers, if not immediate customers with the recommendations. And you've essentially codified the... Um, the the shopping assistant that it's pretty much a codified shopping assistant, you know, on site, um, and, and and they're whittling it down to to what they're likely going to buy um, right there from um, from from cold traffic or, or whatever you know what what a traffic you're, you're getting. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. 
We want to protect Shopify and big commerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, they'll extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. So, so what tools, um, so, so what, what are your go-to, um, you know, um, you know, platforms for, um, you know, shoppable quizzes at the moment? We, really we well? use the app called Octane, O-C-T-A-N-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the only other alternative is a type form, you know, but type forms aren't that good for shoppable stuff because they don't integrate into your e-commerce store mm-hmm. and they don't really sync to the ESPs like Klaviyo or Facebook. So yeah. what I like about Octane is that it collects zero party data, which is very, very different than, you know, first party or third party. Zero party mm-hmm. is literally the customer telling you, you- about themselves for you to, to, to use. And that's very, very fantastic in an age where data is getting more expensive and sacred. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the first thing I, I talked about when, when I came to your show is that data is getting hard to get. But with mm-hmm. this quiz, we effectively got more than just what people usually ask for. People usually mm-hmm. say, if you give me your email, I'll give you 50% off. Right now, by the end of that quiz, we have seven new profile attributes to add to this person in our database. How often do they go out? What kind of eyelid shape do they have? Uh, have they ever worn lashes before? What's their favorite color? You know, you know, all these questions that allow us to personalize the ad targeting down the line. Yeah. Yeah. It also sends a event into the Facebook pixel. So on the Facebook pixel side, we can actually only target people who have never worn lashes before if they answer mm. that quiz. It sends it into our ads manager, into our pixel, we can create an ad targeting people with a very specific uh, target co- copy. Say, you never worn lashes before, let me make it easier for you. Here's 15% off, or here's like our new collection that I think you absolutely need to try for your first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Makes very, sense. Very, make- very personalized ads. Absolutely. So um, conversion rates for like a, a pop-up, you know, uh, an overlay, um, you know, could range anything from 10 to, I've seen, 25 30%. So, what's the, what what kind of numbers are we looking at from from quizzes, you know, conversions from, you know, cold traffic or targeted traffic from from Facebook or any other platform to um, the quizzes landing page? How many people, is it, is it an overlay or is it integrated to the site experience? And um, what's the opt in? So, for every hundred, um, you know, um, people you, you send, um, to to the quizzes, how, how many sort of um, you know fill it up to to the end? It, I will say I checked last night because I, I was looking through our apps. Mm-hmm. I believe eight in ten people go through the quiz actually. Mm-hmm. Once they land on that page, it, it's an embed quiz. If you go on our website, it will say take take this free lash quiz. Mm-hmm. Eight in ten people take it. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Really, really interesting. Okay, so um, personalization seems to be like a major thrust now. Um, there is, to me, from 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 your insights, it sounds like um, there is a battle for customer data, and um, quizzes is one way to to to, to get that zero party data. Um, what what other um, what are the things are you doing to 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 to, to, to enrich customer data, or just to, to to get more more customer data, circumvert basically iOS um, fourteen and fifteen around the corner? Yeah, so there's this other thing that we do post purchase using an app called Co-op, and I and I keep mentioning these apps because because apps are really the superpower that you can have as a brand if you know how to integrate them well together. Like mm-hmm. a really good tech stack, it's golden. We use this app called Co-op, C-O hyphen O-P commerce. And they are a company that create that has a network of brands that you commit into. And this network of brands essentially will share customer across with each other as long as they have high affinity. So mm. what Co-op does is that they have a machine learning algorithm that takes in all the brands that they have committed into their program, hundreds of them. And they're like, okay, Doe Lashes, based on what we have on their customer data, has really good uh, customer affinity to brand A, brand B, brand C. So whenever someone checks out on brand A, brand B, brand C, on their thank you page, we're gonna recommend Doe Lashes product. And, 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 and vice versa. So on Doe Lashes, on our, on our you know, thank you page, we'll recommend brand A, brand B, brand C. And the reason why this is effective is that it doesn't cannibalize your sale because the person made the purchase already. So it doesn't hurt you. And two, it incentivizes, um, it it actually promotes performance. So it doesn't let you take advantage of larger brands that have affinity because they might get a lot more purchases. Mm -hmm. It actually gives you a credit every time someone views that widget at the end, even if they don't check out. And if there's a view of that widget, it gives you that credit to be placed in another brand's widget. So it's only as good as you make it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the so the more purchases that you have, the more credits you get, and the more placements that you get across other brands. And really, just this allowed us to share customers across the board without acquiring them again. Like we don't have to acquire them on channels. We don't have to acquire them on on platforms. We acquire them within the Shopify and the e-commerce ecosystem, which is never seen before, like sharing customer data. Mm-hmm. And it actually works very well, surprisingly. Like, you know, I didn't really see the value of it before I logged in and, and installed it. But then I realized that there's a lot of people who would like to just pick up an extra pair of lashes when they're buying makeup, when they're mm-hmm. buying skincare. They're like, oh, why not? I just pick up this extra pair of lashes. It's just only twelve fifty. So we were able to acquire new customers from other people. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so I have a few questions around around co-op. Um, one is, first of all, an observation, it sounds to me like it's it's like, you know, when you have the Instagram suggested profile, when you follow a profile on Instagram, just, you know, suggest a few profiles afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but in, in, in the Shopify ecosystem. So um, 
does it then drive traffic to doe lashes? Let's say I'm in um, in a makeup you know website that has high affinity with with doe lashes, or um, does, is there like a, a checkout? Um, does it provide a, a checkout you know solution where everything happens on that site, or do you does it drive traffic and then you you experience the brand and make a decision? Uh, it allows you to just go straight to checkout. It, it really removes that friction because. Mm. The, the reason why is because when someone has gone through a particular website's, you know, homepage, product page and checkout and they bring out their wallet and then they, they complete the purchase and then see your, your, your ad placement, they don't want to go through that again. They just want to check out and, and leave. It's like when you're walking through a convenience store or, or a retail store, you're at a checkout line, you have your stuff already and you're like, oh, actually, there's another thing that I could pick up. Okay. At, it's like two, three dollars. I can just pick that up. And you go complete the checkout experience together. So, so, so at, at a technical <laughs> level, how do you code your your checkout to, you know, um, so is it your checkout or is it co-op's checkout? It's our checkout with a co-op widget embedded. Oh, I see. It. Okay. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. In- incredible. 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 And, and what kind of uplift have you seen um, from a, what, what's, what's, what's the attribution like? Um, We're seeing around five to six percent of our new customers coming in from co-op which is you know when we're talking about like five or six percent it's like yeah not that big of a number but that's five or six percent that we acquire with virtually not no ad spend okay okay (laughs) it's it's a it's a very marginal like it's not margin it's a very significant number actually when you think about there's no cost to it (laughs) It it so there's no cost right now so it's free it's because you earn credits, right? So like every time right. you show someone else's ad, you earn a credit. So it's a credit system. You don't pay for it. So it's tokenized, really. This is like crypto, really. This like yeah, this this could be crypto. You know, when you earn the credits, uh, that that's like a token, really, in in, in, mm-hmm. in crypto um, terminology. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Okay, so how how badly or how good was the makeup skincare you know your cosmetics industry affected by um by covid um you know over over that period what was the impact um in general both from your experience and from your conversations with you know other operators in 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 a similar space it has to be become challenging for us in different fronts obviously rising ad costs there's a lot of logistical challenges of getting products to our warehouses because of lengthy shipping time, shipping delays, the cost of shipping containers triple <laughs> since one year ago, year ago, like literally three times the, the cost. Uh, and we didn't raise our price for it. So our margins took a hit. Um, and cu- customers were, they, their buying behavior were very, very different than pre COVID. So, you know, makeup sales took a hit, but only in particular areas. Lipsticks, it's gone. People are wearing masks. They're not going to see your lipsticks. But when you wear your mask, you see your eyes. So yeah. eye product sales, mascara, eyeliner, eyelashes, actually saw an increase of 256% over the past year during the pandemic. So fortunately, we're in that category that saw a rise in customer buying. But we still were affected by the logistical challenges, the rising customer uh, container costs and the rising ad costs. But other than that, we did see the rise in buying. So that's been able to help offset a lot of the other challenges. Yeah. 
And the incredible thing is that you have a bigger database given the the increase to the two hundred to the two hundred plus increase in um in 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 sales and activity with with eye related um you know um cosmetics cosmetic products. Mm-hmm. So in the long run, you're 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 well accelerated, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, okay. Now you 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 do have um a, a course, the blueprint um to to ecom success, or yeah. Blueprint to, to, to e-commerce success. And um, I've personally gone through, actually it's called building blocks, you know, um, building blocks. And I personally, in the last three days, I've, I've gone through half, meaning that I've binge, you know, when you binge watch a Netflix, you know, series, I've, I've pretty much binged, um, you know, um, binge watched and listened to, to you. And I just have to say that what you've done there in building blocks is incredible. So yesterday I have a 10-year-old son um, and I happened to just play an intro and he was like, Daddy, what's that? You know, and I'm like, "Um, well, he he thought it was like something from YouTube, like an anime So first of all, the, the graphics we're really done well in terms of like the, the, the way you've, you know, you, you, you made it modular, obviously, which goes in line with, with the building blocks and then the sound, the production. And not only that, it doesn't stop that the content, 119 modules, 20 blocks, blocks are like topics, you know, gets it's a pun. And then you had lots of like people come in. Our friend um, Nick Shackleford, um, um, Chase Demond was there, or Diamond. I call him Demond all the time, Diamond. Uh, and um, several interviews. As in, you had like a podcast section within the course. It's, first of all, um, how how did you? What what kind of work went into it? Oh man, it's it was a lot. Um, it. There, there's a there's a number of things that happen that that really make things more difficult. So I was inspired to create this program um, because I I got so many questions of people asking me how to do this and how to do that, and I always felt that I wanted to give them more. You know, when someone asked me how do you do influencer marketing, yes, I can tell you that right now. But influencer marketing needs to be supported by doing really good part on your website, really doing really good part on your PR on your communication, but it's not realistic for me to, you know, answer all this to every single person that asked me because mm-hmm. they will ask me questions in different stages of the company. So I'm like, why not I just create this entire comprehensive program that will give you everything that you need. It will answer all your questions. It will also help, help you get started in e-commerce if you don't know how. And before this program, if you were to learn e-commerce like me, I I just started a store. I lost a lot of money testing mm-hmm. different theories, trying things out. There's no guidance. No one really gave you a step-by-step process to do these things. Mm-hmm. If you go out and, and look for programs, they're going to teach you how to do dropshipping. They're going to teach you how to run Facebook ads. But no one ever tells you how to create a brand from scratch mm-hmm. and, and, and what, what to look out for. And one of the things that I think about when I made about this program is that I want to create these things in a way that helps me visualize how a company is built, which is why I call it building blocks. Because my belief is that every single brand is built by components. There's pillars that create a single brand. 
And sometimes they are stacked on top of each other, meaning that if one of them is not there, everything's falls down. And so it creates this whole brand of a building block because like, you have to have all these essential components right. stacked on top of each other. Right. And the very first block, block number one, is called, um, I think, the founder's philosophy yeah. uh, or, or so, something around, along the, those lines. The builder's philosophy, yeah. There you go. And it goes over um, a lot of mental health stuff, a, a lot of mental models that you have. I think yeah. as a founder, your company is only as healthy as you are. And so yeah. there's a lot of founders that will burn out. I talk about you know how to avoid burnout, signs to look out for. I talk about uh, mental models that Elon Musk used to build his companies. How do you approach the difficult situations and problems? Uh, I did a little intro about myself, of course. I, I talked about you know what you can expect out of it. Um, and then I go and then lead into the brand design, the product design, the manufacturing. Yeah. And I had all this idea back in March. We needed to film by April. So I had to write the scripts for the entire program in about three weeks. Hmm. Entire class for in three weeks. And for perspective, my the I, I, I did a program for Shopify. It was like maybe six videos. That took me three weeks. Mm. I did a hundred, hundred, over 150 videos in, in, um, <laughs> in three weeks. So we, we were scrapping for work. And, and the reason why I say 150 when you only see 119 is because we're still uploading those videos. There's so uh, many videos to be uploaded yeah. that we actually just soft launched. We gave you a, a advanced early copy. <laughs> um, and then, so, so what, what happened was that I was like, okay, man, I really need to hire writers because I have obviously my own company to run. Realistically, I cannot be writing scripts every single day. So I hired writers. I got sponsors. I went out and got sponsors, which is something that no program has ever done. Mm -hmm. uh, because previously for you to go and create a class, you have to pay out of pocket for production, for studio, for crew. Yeah. Um, so I went out and I looked for all these companies in the e-commerce space and I said, hey, I am making this class and I like to feature your product and I'm going to feature products that I use personally, but mm. you know, so all these apps are things that I use already, but if I'm giving you an audience to showcase your product, I would like to get, you know, a, a sponsorship for it. So can we talk out a deal? So I raised, I raised $400,000 in three weeks or no, in, in one week. <laughs> You're going to teach me how to do that. <laughs> so, so I raised that money. Uh, from all these number of sponsors and I use it towards production. That's why if you notice the production quality is significantly it's... better than, than whatever we have made before. Uh, we have crew, we have a director, a producer, uh, multiple writers. No um, we have assistants on set, we have lighting, right. we got multiple camera angles, we shot in different locations. So, you know, when I made that sponsorship money, it's not like I just pocket it all, I actually spent it towards that. And then I used the remaining for hiring. So I hire a marketing person, I hire project yeah. managers. And the reason why we need to hire these people is because, yes, you can make the class, but if you don't market it, then what's the point? No one's going to see it. So exactly. we put all this money into marketing, into the crew, into hiring, and into production. And so that's, that's one side of it. In three weeks, we rewrote all the scripts. I filmed in Vegas over four days period. Um, it was 16-hour shoot days. I lost my voice the first day because of how long it, it took. And before I go into the shooting part, I found out that the writers didn't write in my tone. It was very difficult to find people that wrote in my tone. Yeah. And so I rewrote all the scripts. I, yeah. I rewrote every single script. So that's why um, I, I stayed up really like to rewrite all the scripts. Um, so on the date of the shooting, I finished the script of the day of the shooting. 
I went in, drove to Vegas for like four hours, went straight into filming until 10 a.m. I started at 10 p.m. So from 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. I filmed, I lost my voice. Couldn't talk. It hurts to talk. Um, and so the next day I bought numbing spray for my throat to alleviate the pain. And I filmed for the next three days. And that's how we're able to create this class. It took a lot of challenges to make it happen. <laughs> that's that's incredible. That's an incredible story. I'd have liked to hear your croaky voice, but um, no, no, no. Um, the the fact that industry players, right, major industry players supported, you know, your um, your, your your venture, you know, in this, you re- you raised almost half a million dollars to to put this production to put it together, just you know, goes on to show the amount of value you've given upfront to the industry anyway. Um, and I can testify that I have not seen any depth of content, you know, quality of content in the e-commerce space in a course like this one. Um, as I said, I binged. So what I do sometimes is I, you know, when I'm driving, um, so when I'm driving, let's say I'm driving like my kids, my, my two boys, um, they'll be there. They'll be, they, they'll listen to like the, the system in the car. And then I'll just grab my phone and, you know, get my headphones and I'll just be watching, well, not really watching, but listening in and, you know, just getting all the content. And if there's anything noteworthy, I'll just mark it for when I get to, to a desk or something to really watch it when you demo it, because the content is, it's just helpful. There are things that I know, the things I didn't know. Um, what I thoroughly enjoyed was um, the manufacturing and logistics, um, the depth you went in, in like um, finding, um, in, in terms of like, um, you know, looking for manufacturing partners. I've also enjoyed um, the branding, um, what you talked about in branding and what you talked about tone of voice in, in the branding section, um, ideation. There's just a ton. It's, it's like if you want to sort of immerse yourself in e-commerce, you know, we want to get a full grip of, of what e-commerce is all about. Um, it's no doubt a, a cost to, to, to get your, your hands on and, um, um, this is just from from my assessment. So well freaking done. Question I have is, um, and, and I haven't really gone down into um, more the performance side is with these changes going on with um, over the the past six months, as you alluded to. Um, what what is the situation? So how how is the cost going to adapt? I know obviously the cost is very recent. Um, are you going to? Do you have? Um, is is the cost going to be evergreen in the sense that if there are any major changes in um, in the way we do influencer marketing or paid media, you make adjustments? Um, there's some sort of some. Um, evergreen sections of, of, of the course, like the the idea, the branding, the creatives, the the logistics, the manufacturing, finances. But you know that middle bit of of marketing um, seems to be changing, especially in in relation to to D to C. Not branding, but more that performance and influencer marketing. What, what what is the plan there? So there's going to be a lot of the the videos on there that will be evergreen because I teach a lot of principles. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of strategies that will be changing over time that will be updating to the program. So my, my plan for this class is that I'll update it maybe twice a year, yeah. uh, once or twice a year, because filming and script writing it takes a lot of it takes a toll on your body. Like I, I went <laughs> through it um, and it, it was very, very difficult to, to do that. So I think I can only probably do that twice a year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I plan to update it. I want to add more videos. Um, so if you're in the class, you're going to be in it for that price, even though even if I double the amount of videos that I'll film over the next incredible. Months. So so we'll be updating these things. Uh, really, I want I want this to be a centralized resource. That that, that was my entire goal. It's it's a way for you to not have to go out and YouTube something and wonder if video A is giving me the correct information or video B is giving me the correct information. But don't take this as to say that I I know what's right and wrong. I'm gonna teach you a lot of things that are going to be factual because there's some things to do that there's only one way to do things. But then there's some ways to do where there's multiple ways to do things. So I'll teach you how to think about how to do these things. So I'll teach you about you know step by step things. Like if you for example there's only one way to create a barcode. There's this company that you use and there's this, these buttons that you click to create a barcode. I'm going to teach you how to do that because that's factual. But then there's a, a way to do influencer marketing. There's a million ways to do influencer marketing. So I'm not going to teach you how to exactly do it. I'm going to teach you how to approach it, the, the, the approach that you need, the direction that you need, so that you can craft your own way to do influencer marketing as long as the end outcome is the same. So yep. there's a lot of different ways of teaching. And things that are factual obviously going to stay the same, but things that may change over time in terms of, hey, maybe like the way that we talked to influencers three years ago was a lot more casual and now we have to be more formal. I'll update that. I'll tell you that, hey, our communication method has now changed. This is what you need to do over time. You know, there there will be different updates to this class. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so... um question what what are your predictions for 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 the rest of of the year i was i was um listening to to the radio you know today in the uk at least what's happening now is um the follow we we had a follow system where um you know um the government was paying you know certain amounts of um salaries on behalf of um you know people of, of employee employers and and that's come to an end and there's there's a bit of nervousness around however there were 45,000 people who played in, in the, you know, England versus Germany game, you know, in the stadium yeah. in, in Wembley. So, you know, things are opening up, but there's this cautious optimism, you know, going on. Uh, so my, my thoughts are like, um, what, what's the outlook? It's, it's July now. Um, what's, what, what is your outlook in, 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 in D2C e-com um, for, for, for the rest of the year and beyond? I think it's here to stay. People are definitely going back to retail and shopping now, but we're not seeing a slowdown by any means. Um, and in fact, I think people have shifted their buying behavior to more online now. People mm-hmm. who were previously going out um, and, and buying things in the retail store are now adapting to staying at home and buying it because they realize that they actually don't want to wait in line for 20 minutes to buy two items when they can just sit at the comfort of their home there's new logistics partners now here in the U.S. where you can ship and buy something and, and get it within an hour. Hmm. So in, in a way, I think people are adapting to buying on e-commerce. This doesn't mean that retail is dead. It just means that retail has to try a lot harder to get people to come back to their store. Yeah. Um, and and I think that, that will give us some time because uh, it will take a while for them to adapt and get back into places. People here in the U.S. are actually facing employment issues you know everyone's on unemployment now so no one's back to work like there are restaurants and retail companies begging people to come back to work Mm. um whereas on e-commerce we're just we're just getting through fine so um it's a good news for e-commerce we we still have a lot of time to really grow um I, i wouldn't say we are at the end um even if the pandemic means that or the end of the pandemic means that everything opens up it just means that there's still a lot of things 
an opportunity that can happen um, because people's behaviors change. And that's mm. a key thing. Like things do not get accelerated and things do not get changed unless people's behavior change. And, and that's yeah. what we're seeing already. Yeah, and, and I, I wrote a little piece um, earlier on this week around um, the fact that um, we have our, you know, our Gen Zs and we have our millennials. And millennials are currently our 24 to 38-year-olds. And we have our Gen Zs who are 6 to 24. And um, whatever brands like yours, do, do Lashes, you know, does to these, you know, um, Gen Z, sorry, um, they're going to be the purchasers. They're going to, they're moving from that six to 24 in the next 10 years to the 24 to, 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 to from the 25 to 34 year old, which, you know, who have a lot of disposable income and they're the spenders. And I don't know, this pandemic has obviously shifted that perspective. And I just think the next 10 years, DTC is even going to double down again with growth. Um, which is Absolutely. incredible, you know, that the Gen Z is the, is a key, you know, it's, it's a key really, um, getting, getting their hearts and minds to, to your brand. Um, you guys are doing incredible stuff. Um, yeah. So for, for those, um, for listeners, um, who want to find out more about building blocks, um, I really like, um, the URL it's build a house, which is B U houses and H A U S.com. So build a house, Haus.com, buildahouse.com. Um, just cleverly put, you could just see that, um, you know, many clever people, clever heads put this together with you at the helm. Jason, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the 2X e-commerce podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Right, cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.